Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 408 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week I talk with Todd Black, who has a Kickstarter going on for Tokyo Blade Detectives number one. It's a very anime style book with lots of interesting characters and lots happening. We talk about how the book came to be, who the characters are, and what might be in the future for this fascinating series. Todd is one of those up-and-coming creators who really deserve good support. So I hope you'll consider going to Kickstarter and supporting him today once you listen to this interview. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast Todd Black, one of the creative forces behind Tokyo Blade Detectives number one, which is on Kickstarter as we speak. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me, Wayne. It's good to talk with you. Now, the Kickstarter describes the book as Tokyo 200 plus years in the future. Nothing is what it was. In the land where guns are outlawed, only the blade can rule. Why don't you talk a little bit about the, the book and, and where it came from and, uh, you know, I'm just fascinated that the outlawing of guns <laughs> is a big issue. Yes, it is. It's very it's very important to the story. I can't reveal why that is, but I'll, you'll have to read and find out. But the story idea came to me from the most weird of places. It was a Facebook meme. Um, you know those ones where it's like, you know, what is your like superhero name? You know, mm-hmm. put your letters of your name. Well, I found one on Facebook one day was which was what was your what is your anime title? Mm-hmm. Like what? And then mine came out to be Tokyo Blade Detectives, and so mm-hmm. I was not thinking this would be something I would do. I was just like, okay, that's kind of a cool title. So I put in the comments section, it sounds like a franchise, and mm-hmm. I left it at that. Mm-hmm. And a guy replied a couple hours later and goes, yeah, it kind of does. Maybe you should run with it. And so I was like, okay, what would be Tokyo Blade Detectives? And the the th- the word that stuck out to me was Blade, because obviously that means that swords have to be involved. And while I could have done like a historical anime, 
and done in the time of samurai there's gonna be detectives that means a modern setting or a future setting and so i was like how is it that blades are important if there's guns everywhere in the future and so it came to me ban the guns in a land where guns are outlawed only the blade can rule and so that i just then the floodgates just opened and i was like okay here we go and i came up with the uh, came up with what tokyo blade detectives is right now Okay, and it is what? I mean, we t- talk about who the characters are and what the story is all about. Okay, the main character we focus on is a young girl named Miko, and she's 16 years old. She's running a detective agency with her – I call him partner, but it's kind of a loose interpretation uh, – Mishio, and she's just trying to live every day – as she can. She's trying to make it to the next day. She's trying not to get caught up in the conflict because in Tokyo especially, there are six different factions trying to vie for power because without guns, there's just great power vacuum. And while they did fill it in part with the creation of laser swords, as I like to say, mm-hmm. there's there's just this conflict of, you know, we can vie for power now. So there's, there's these five groups I call the five factions. And then there's the government. And like every day, there's like there's conflict between these groups, and it creates this power flux and chaos in the streets. And Miko's just trying to survive it all because mm-hmm. she's been affected by multiple factions in her history, and Mishio's been the same. And so she's like, "I'm here to make money. I'm here to do a job. I'm here to live to the next day, and that's it." And yet, as a good comic should, that doesn't exactly happen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like in the first dish, in the first issue, she's going to be contacted about a missing person, mm-hmm. and she has to figure out, you know, where this person is. Are they wrapped up with the factions? What's their role if they are, and so on and so forth. And it leads to some very interesting encounters along the way. Now, of course, uh, we'll talk a little more about the book. But the thing we have to do right now is give congratulations because you have met your goal on Kickstarter. Yes, I found out on Sunday. I was I was doing a uh, Comic Con in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I got the email Sunday morning that my Kickstarter had officially reached its funding goal. So that makes me a relieved because I was mm-hmm. stressing heavily, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was thrilled that we had made our goal of fifteen hundred dollars and we're like fifteen forty six at the time of this recording. Yeah. So you know. Well, according to the website, it's going to conclude on Sunday, December 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Right. So you've got the stretch goals, obviously, are coming. Have you gotten any any ideas what you're going to do for stretch goals? Honestly, no, because even though even though I've, this would make my seventh consecutive successful Kickstarter, say that five times fast, uh, yeah, thank you, I, I never really thought of stretch goals because – I usually make my goal by the skin of my teeth. In fact, the most money I've made after goal, I believe, was $500-ish for 10,000 miles. And I was just focused, so focused on getting the rewards out. I never really thought about stretch goals. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if I was to make a stretch goal, it would just be to add on to the to the rewards we have right now. Because my goal for this series, because it's going to be an ongoing series, is that you know once the moment we're done, the moment we're all shipped out and everything, we're going to you know get jump right into number two and i'm hoping to get the script for number two written very very soon Mm -hmm. so i'm just trying to you know get as many people to back as possible so that you know the the series gets out there word of mouth starts to spread so that maybe in the next kickstarter which i'm hoping to do by february Mm um we're we get funded even quicker and we can just build up the fan base more and more Mm -hmm. so that'd be good now um are you a fan of anime? Is that the, where a lot of this comes from? 
Well, yeah, part partially. Yeah, I, I grew up on a lot of anime. I'm not as big an anime fan as I used to be, but I still appreciate the genre. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Pokemon, which I still watch. I grew up on Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball Z, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up on a lesser-known one called Outlaw Star. And these these cartoons, these animes really did affect me in a good way. And mm-hmm. so when I – I never even thought about doing an anime comic until the, the Facebook meme. But when I did, I was just like, this is my way to pay tribute to all of these franchises, to all of these characters, and to all these really cool things that I get to be – I got to watch growing up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people noticed in the uh, cover art for Tokyo Blade Detectives, I had references to – uh, Ninja Turtles. I had mm-hmm. references to Digimon. Mm-hmm. I uh, they didn't pick up on it, but I had a reference to a Japanese wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just loaded the book as mu- much as I could with references to the various parts of Japanese culture that has both influenced me and that I appreciate, like samurai ninjas and Ronin and all that stuff. So, and of course, laser swords. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is good. So, how many pages in the first issue? There will be twenty pages per issue. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little compact comment. There will not be ads or anything. I, I'm not that kind of guy. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, let me ask you a question because you were saying about how the Kickstarters before you you made it by the skin of your teeth, and now this time, you're way ahead of time. I mean, do you have any ideas to why? You know, I mean, it's great that it happened, but but why on this project did it go so much better? I don't know if I'll, I'll, I don't know if I go so far as to say it went better. I think part of it was that when I was making my first successful Kickstarter was for my miniseries I did called Home, and that was the biggest risk I don't I think I've ever done in my comic career. Not that I was going to lose anything per se, but I was just like I, I I had not had a successful Kickstarter up to that point, and I was just like I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to do everything I can to get this funded. Let's see what I do. And I put up for twenty five hundred dollars because I felt that that would be enough to cover everything. And it was, and I made it and I was thrilled. And then I was like, no, now I have to do it again. (laughs) And I did. And then I did it, you know, three more times after those two. And that was fine. I think the biggest, biggest difference here is that I, the, for for both for, for home, I did five pages of art because at the time that was all I could afford, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I had to do the Kickstarter because I couldn't afford the rest. I'm in a slightly better position where in my life right now, mm-hmm. and so I was able to do ten pages on my own, mm-hmm. and that allowed me to drastically reduce how much I could uh, put out there or uh, put up for the goal. So instead of twenty five hundred, I was able to do fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. and we were able to get that funded in ten days. So. I, I could be that by the end of this Kickstarter, we make what I would have done for home or for 10,000 miles. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think that'll be the case, but mm-hmm. you never know. Kickstarter is surprising, as I have learned in my life. So well, I always tell people it's the daily heart attack. You know, you look, it is. <laughs> you look to see if something has somebody's pledged. If nobody has pledged all day, you think, oh, no, it's over. I'm never going to make my goal. Kind of that stuff. was literally me day five through nine because <laughs> day one i i don't know why but like everyone was like okay we're gonna push like all my loyal fans all my friends and everything they're like we made like 700 800 bucks the first day mm. and then by day two we had to hit a thousand mm. by day three we hit like close to 1100 mm. and then like it just like skidded like I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess just like all my loyalists, I suppose. Also, Facebook is is stupid and it, it won't like advertise my Kickstarter like I know it should. Mm-hmm. So I have to get creative. Mm-hmm. But I was I had all these people like pledging, and all of a sudden I was like getting like I went from like 
you know, tens of pledges a day to like one or two. Mm. And, and then one day I had five and I was like, yay. And then like <laughs> the next day I had one. And then I was at a, then I was at a convention for three days and I couldn't like openly, uh, plug my comic outside of trying to tell people at, at my table for in our alley and so i was shocked and thrilled because when i left for uh grand rapids comic-con i was at like a hundred and four dollars away mm. and we raised that 104 while i was away so that was that was pretty cool so you should do more cons apparently well no nah, i don't know about that <laughs> I, I, I don't push that i think it's, okay. one of my loyalists came came through and pledged like 80 bucks and that really got us over the hump and then some random people pledged and a friend pl- another friend pledged so you know it was it was a conglomerate of things but mm-hmm. it, that was certainly stressful because i'm just like i want to promote this and you know i'm selling my other comics while i'm trying to you know plug this anime comic mm-hmm. and you know I'm, I'm just happy that we got funded now the goal is to try and get over 100 backers mm, good well, I can luckily say that I'm one of the supporters. I, yes, I you are. Put in, and there's one of them that says, Tokyo honors you and your name, and you get to have your name in the book. Someday I'm going to have enough money to get my face appear in one of these comics. I don't have enough money for that now, but someday I'm going to get that. But uh, it's just funny that you're going to have a special thank you in the back of the book, and I'm looking forward to getting it. Uh, the artwork looks really great. Now, how did you come across the art team? How did you put them together? I'm not going to lie, Wayne. The The art was the hardest part of this book. <laughs> and, I, and I say that knowing that I've done a lot of comics. Like Tokyo Blade Detectives, once it's made, is my 30th official issue comic. I've had really? a few installed. Yeah, I've had I had 20 with a superhero series I did called Guardians, five with Home, one I graphic novel with 10,000 miles. I count that as one. And so that's uh, 26. <laughs> then I had uh, – th- I have three – of a series called Seekers of Science. I'm doing it's a science-based comic, so that's mm-hmm. 29. So Tokyo is 30, and then I've had some anthologies along the way. Wow! But so, and and with every one, I've tried to do a different art style. So like with the original one, I had a guy named Mark. I had a guy named Alex Garcia, mm-hmm. and we do like you know the, the typical you know superhero style. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit of Marvel, a little bit of DC, a little bit of indie style, and it worked. With mm-hmm. with Home, we did more of a fantasy style. You know, different kind of visuals, more of an art palette. You know. Maybe less, a little less defined, but still plenty detailed. But Ten Thousand Miles, we did what I call the Disney Pixar approach. You know, mm. very watercolors, very artistic. It was very cool. Secrets of Science was kind of a blend of realism, and then but with Tokyo Blade Detectives, I knew this had to look like an anime, mm. and I knew that that was going to be the hardest thing. Mm. So I started putting feelers out there when it was time to get going, and mm. I found a guy, and he did this really great piece of. Uh, concept art for my, for Miko, but then when he went to sequential art, it was wasn't the same quality, and I'm just like yeah. it almost looked cartoony. It was wrong, mm-hmm. and I was like I, I gave him every chance, but I had to let him go, and he understood. Mm-hmm. And so I like spent a couple more months just trying to find people, and it just wasn't working out. So I took a small break, came back, and I posted on a group called Connecting Writers and Artists. Mm-hmm. And I found a guy named Lam Vuvan who's in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and he had a good uh, concept piece and I was like will you draw a page for me and I, he said yes so I had him draw page one and it was great and I was like okay I'm going to give you a chance and he drew page two which still blows me away with the artistic style and the mm-hmm. sword fight that goes on and mm-hmm. uh, if you see where he is now with like you know 10 or 11 and it's just more and more incredible so mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for Lam he's one of the reasons no doubt that this is getting such attention I had a guy who pledged 
to the uh, get drawn to the comic reward, and he's like, "Dude, I I don't often praise comic art, but dude, this is awesome." And <laughs> I had a I had another friend who's been very loyal, but he didn't know about this comic. And then I I said, hey, "Would you at least like share it around?" And he goes, "Yeah, dude." And so I show him the cover, and he goes, "Dude, what?" Like, hmm. I'm going to pledge this so I can get this. This looks dope. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I have friends who have talked like that? No. Uh, <laughs> so it's just the art is obviously one of the most important parts of the comic. And if I'm going to say hey, this is an anime comic, it needs to look like an anime comic. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he, Lampavan just kills it. And I can't wait to see how the rest of the comic looks. It's really a, a fascinating marriage of, of script and, and art. Uh, I don't think it spoils too much to say in the very beginning, the first page, we see Miko going down on, uh, an alleyway or something. Yeah, alley. And she comes across people there, and they kind of taunt her. And she says, don't you have anything to say, somebody says to her. And she has one word response. And I don't know if I want to spoil that. I Do think it. Uh, oh, spoil it now. It's die, she says. No, no, emphasis. Have emphasis. Die. die. <laughs> so then, of course, then the struggle begins that you were talking about, and it's really, it's really nice stuff. I really enjoy it. I, I like her character because just in the first five pages, I have a fair idea who she is and what kind of things she's going to do. She's she gets back to her home and she comes across the and the guy says, calling it a home. Says, "Welcome home, Miko," and she gets all upset. She says, "Don't call it that." And the reasons why are really interesting stuff. I don't want to spoil too much. I I, I think that it, it, this is all, of course, available on, on the Kickstarter website. But it's really fascinating stuff to me is of how she's going to, you know, she, it's kind of a rebellious teenager she is. Which I wanted to ask how old she actually is. She's 16 at the time of this comic. She's 16, okay. And what about the quote-unquote partner? Uh, Michio, I can't spoil that, but let's just okay. say he's older than he looks. Okay, all right, that'll be good. So uh, we see them in there, and we start to see them discussing stuff, and then, uh, you know, the other question, you, you leave me hanging there, which I was like, doggone it, now what's going to happen next? <laughs> which I really well, liked. Well, you won't be left for too long. We are getting close to uh, adding the letters for pages 6 through 10, and then once that's up, which I hope to be by Friday at the latest, mm-hmm. uh, which would be the... 15th mm-hmm. we're gonna put six through ten on the kickstarter for everyone to read okay because that so. this will come out on sunday so by the time this posts those will be out there for people that want to go and take a look at it so that'll Perfect. be good good stuff that'll, that'll work out real well so it i always have to ask creators because I'm, I'm fascinated as to where characters come from are these characters based on anyone you know are they based on maybe anime characters that you liked? Are they completely your imagination? How did they come to be? In this case, they were a mix of references to other anime characters while also being completely original. Like uh, the name Miko was a reference to actually a Transformers character in uh, Transformers Prime. Her name was Miko, and I liked her look, mm-hmm. uh, like with the the twin bobtails and everything. And so I kind of you know took that as a reference and i had a concept artist draw her up mm-hmm. uh, michio was definitely an original character i, I wanted this if, if miko is the rebellious teen i needed a wise old man but i didn't want it to be her father mm-hmm. so i just wanted to be this guy that she knows and that's who michio is but he also has his own past that i'm not going to spoil but mm-hmm. let's just say it's it's really tied to the history of japan and for the rest of the characters i used my 
fairly good knowledge of Japan because I really do love the country. I love the history. I love what they are, both in past and present. And I was just like, you know, okay, what's the conflict? So in the, I, I referenced the five factions. The, they're all direct references to Japan in either the past or the present. There's a character called uh, the Empress, and she wants to be the first female leader of Japan, which has never happened before, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's the Tao, which is based on Taoism, which is mm-hmm. big in Japan. And they're they're religious cult, but they also use technology to make themselves look like magic. There's the yokai, which are references to the Japanese folklore of monsters. Mm-hmm. There's the ronin, which are samurai without masters. And then there's the nine tails, which is a reference to the nine-tailed fox of multiple uh, stories in Japan. And they're assassins. Mm-hmm. And it, you know that's just, that's just scraping the surface of what of all the references and it's just i was using japan as my base place saying okay how do i take these very classical entities or stories and bring them into this you know anime future super technology place and it just flowed and i love it so have you been to tokyo i sadly no i want to it it is on my bucket list i desperately want to go i have friends who have been to japan i even have a friend from japan Mm. but uh sadly i have not been there yet but that is the dream well, I have a couple of friends who are a married couple, and for their uh, anniversary, they went to Japan. Oh. And they sent pictures and all this kind of stuff. It was really interesting to see. It's a very different perspective, you know, from ours. And, and it, it's a, I always love to go to other countries just for that reason, just to get a something that is different from what I'm used to. And, I, and from what I can tell from what they talked about, it's a very different from an American culture. In that way, and so you're you're right to try to to bring that up and to try to. I, I always think that comics can educate as well as and I, uh, as well as entertain. And so, to me, what you're doing, partly to me, is also it's it's showing me a little bit about what Tokyo's like, and which I like. And I think that's I like to learn things like that. Thanks. Well, yeah, I love this balance of Tokyo because I want it to be. Like I said, it's 200 years in the future, so it's got that futuristic anime aesthetic. But it's also it's because of things that have happened in Tokyo, they have embraced their history in a way they haven't done in hundreds and hundreds of years. So that's why there are you know laser swords and samurai and ronin and ninja. Wait till you see what I do with the ninja; it's hilarious. Um, but there's ninja, and you know there's going to be all these other characters that you know reference both Japan, but also the hyper technology of the future that you see in animes. And it's very exciting. I love coming up with all these ideas and i just i wish i wasn't just an, on issue one right now <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well someday you're gonna have to do a kickstarter so you can go to japan oh i have to do that'll have to be uh send uh send todd to japan it'll have to be one of the levels and uh, yeah. figure out I'm, not, I'm, honest, I'm honestly not sure i could do that i mean i think that because kickstarter has rules for certain kinds of oh, like okay. things I, I could do a gofundme you know yeah that would work yeah. See, I'm not up on the Kickstarter rules. I, I, I promote Kickstarter programs, but I don't know all the ins and outs of what you can and cannot do. Basically, okay, the, the they have to be tangible, like mm-hmm. uh, making a comic. Mm-hmm. The rewards have to be tangible. It can't be like a raffle or an auction. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be something that, you know, it, I, I don't want to say it deserves to be pledged, but, you know, it's something that, you know, it's clear that you have to have funding to do, like, you know, making a video game, making a comic, promoting something, blah, blah, blah. You know, so going to Japan, I don't think qualifies. So well, I could try. It's research. It's research. You need this kind of research to be able to write the book. 
Yeah. So, well, that's a good idea anyway. There's got to be some way to make it happen. It'd be, I think it'd be great for you to go there and to actually experience it yeah. and to come back. And you, you, you'll probably see a little bit more of the actual... I mean, I don't know the difference, but it would be nice to see a little more of what Tokyo is like and what kind of goes on in there instead of a, a pers- uh, an American perspective. Yeah, no, yeah, not an outside perspective. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. So no, it'd be I, kind of fun to see. I would, I would love to. It is, it is truly my dream to go to Tokyo. So mm. maybe one day. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. So it, 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 now the the first three issues are called Welcome to Tokyo. If I yes. understand correctly, and so this is basically setting up. What's gonna come on in future story yeah. arcs? I needed like, like any good comic. I wanted a, a way to grab the audience and tell and show them exactly what this version of Tokyo is. And so by the end of issue three, you're gonna meet most of the factions. You're gonna understand why this is the first story arc. You're gonna have a tease of why guns are outlawed, and. Yeah, you're going to see a lot more of Miko and Michio in ways that you're not likely going to expect. So, And then you're going to have some really cool visuals and some surprises that are, I really can't wait to see visualized. That'd be fun. It'll be good to see. Now, are, are those two characters the only Tokyo Blade detectives, or are there other ones we'll see along the way? Um, in terms of the business, because the, the, the name Tokyo Blade Detectives is, is their business. Mm-hmm. Like, they are running it together. So, yes, they are the only two. But that doesn't mean they aren't going to have a larger supporting cast. Uh, mm-hmm. In the I'm, – I'm, do, I'm doing something a little bit different for this series. After every arc, there's going to be a chapter called Interlude. Mm-hmm. And it's going to flesh out the world while also – acting as a kind of an aftermath to the series. And so in the first one, you're going to meet a character who is very special to Miko, even though she won't admit it. And then we're going to find out more about Mishio's past because it's relevant to what happened to the first arc. So it's just my way of further expanding the world without starting a new arc. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to do that. Okay. Now the people on the cover, are these some of the supporting casts? Yes. Uh, basically in the cover art, you see Miko and Mishio and then you see the five factions. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Oh, the, the shadowy ones as well as the other yes, four people. The, oh, okay. the, the person on the top left is the Empress. The okay. golden girl under her is Rika. That's the head of the Nine Tails. Okay. The guy floating in an aura is the Tau. He's, mm-hmm. he's a member of the Tau. He's not a leader. That's important, but he's a member of the Tau. Mm-hmm. Bottom right is a member of the Ronin. And then the people standing on the tower or the building on the top in shadows is the yokai. Okay. So. Okay. That'll be fun to see. It'd be good to have to see this all flesh out and see how the character. Now, I, again, because I'm, I'm I'm always interested in how things get to be. Are these factions people that you've made up? Are there are they based somehow in reality? How well, do they come to be? Well, well like I noted, they they are based on. The history of Japan in one way or the other, okay. uh, or their references to certain animes like uh, Rika, who remember the Nine Tails. Mm-hmm. The Nine Tailed Fox is part of yokai, or is a part of, is, a, is a yokai from Japanese folklore. Mm-hmm. I decided to make them assassins, and I came up with a really cool hook for that. But the the look of the Nine Tails mm-hmm. is a reference to a Digimon called mm-hmm. Sequoiamon. And Rika was the Digimon tamer who was the you know the the friend to Sequoiamon, so that was a nice little reference there. Mm. The Empress is based on a Japanese wrestler called Asuka, who's known as the Empress of Tomorrow. Hmm. 
and I loved her look, I loved her style, and I just loved her personality. So I'm like, let's just ratchet that up and make her a faction leader, and she's going to be a very fun character to meet. The yokai are, you know, they're the monsters. They're mm-hmm. the ones. They're the terrorists, as I call them. They're gonna they're gonna play a huge part in this arc. Welcome to Tokyo, and I can't wait to see them come to life. And the Ronin, they're gonna have a big part to play too because their follower, much like the real Ronin of of feudal Japan, they're samurai without a master. Their master was killed, and they're ticked, and they want Japan under new leadership because of that. And that's gonna affect a lot of things going forward. And these factions don't all have the same perspective on what Tokyo should be can be and will be so they're fighting each other and they're fighting the government and then not like how the cover shows miko mishio and all the other people of japan mm-hmm. are just caught in the middle of this you know they're trying to survive all these people fight for power and it's just this state of power flux that every arc is going to show that you know these actions these fights are going to have an impact on tokyo mm-hmm. you know one faction will be have more territory in one arc but then something will happen all of a sudden they're on the re- they're on the defensive mm-hmm. And it's I just love that state of flux. It feels very anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be good to see how these all flow, you know work out in there. And now the design of the characters was this? Uh, who designed them? Did you have something uh, to do with I ha- it? I, ha- I had I gave them the references and I explained what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I've had various concept artists over the years, a clinic friend of mine named Reggie. Mm-hmm. And we just did we just did it faction by faction, character by character, so that I could get in my head, you know, how they look, how they would, you know, reflect the the style or the intent that I wanted to. So I, I had some really good concept artists help me out with that. That's right. Because if you look further on down the page, you'll see uh, the two character Michio, and you'll see Miko there. So are those who did those those uh, two different uh-huh. people? Uh, actually, it was the same person, mm-hmm. and their name escapes me for the moment. Here, let me uh, look. It starts with R. McKenzie. Is that McKenzie or something? Yeah, R. McKenzie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it's been so long. I honestly, yeah. I kind, I kind of forgot his name. Hey, see, it was done in 2016. That shows you how long I've been working on this. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that that yeah, R. McKenzie. He was really good. He was the re- one of the reasons I knew what kind of style I wanted. Because if you scroll down to the concept pieces, mm-hmm. uh, they feel very anime. And mm-hmm. like, and that's what I wanted, and so I had him for most of the characters that you see in the cover, and then my the cover was drawn by my friend Alex Garcia, who's done mo- many of my comic projects, and I have him on another project. That's why he's not drawing TBD himself, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I knew I needed the, the right kind of anime quality, and so that's what I was going for, even in the concept art. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I really got a kick out of was I think it's the image of what downtown Tokyo looks like. Yeah, I, I was really fascinated by that because you know, I, whenever I see stuff in Tokyo, it's always bright. There's lots and lots of lights and things going on, and even at nighttime, it's just—it's almost like it's day because there's so much, you know, light going on with the, the different signs and stuff. And that's the way it looks on on the page here. There's a lot of signs going on. People are walking, but there's lots of people. But it's just completely lit. I mean, it's not dark in any way, which is always kind of interesting to me. I mean, it, that's that's kind of how Tokyo gets portrayed a lot, and I'm, I'm fascinated by it. It was a really nice job on that. Did you kind of give the artist some idea of what you wanted on the on the streets yeah. of Tokyo? Yeah, I write I write in a, I write my scripts on a panel by panel style, mm. and I so I like for this one. I wanted that you know kind of stereotypical. 
this is Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, if you go like not two panels down, you get to more of a street level kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like you know you just see the buildings. There's no signs there. And then by the time we get to page ten, you're you're seeing more of like a downtown run down Tokyo. And I wanted to show that because like all cities, there's the bright areas, there's the big areas, and then there's the places where you live and it's, you know, maybe not quite as fancy, not quite as, you know, homely. And that was a big part of this issue is that, you know, Tokyo has been through so much. It looks like paradise because of the technology they have, because of the abilities that they are able to do for themselves, like the laser swords, Mm -hmm. like their armor, like their... Uh, even their clothing—that's their clothing plays a big uh, part of the story at times, mm-hmm. and yet you know they're hiding. You know they're a beautiful, cracked image. Mm-hmm. It's it's the beauty you want to see, but underneath it is all the cracks of what's going on and the dangers that they all portray. And it, that's and you can see that with the first page because you're in an alley, and and in that alley are gang members that Miko promptly terrorizes, mm-hmm. and. You know, that was, you know, you go from that to this beautiful shot of Tokyo and then you see that close up panel of Miko's eyes and she's like, I'm not fooled by this. Mm-hmm. I, I, You can be as bright as you want. I know the darkness. I just came from it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Then we get to the building where the their office is. Yeah. Uh, that's really kind of, it's interesting too. I always like, there's lots and lots of places to sit as well as a big computer. Yeah. In there, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to get to use those good things as time it goes yeah, along. We, yeah, that we actually get to that in page eight, I believe, and we show saw some of the really cool technology uh, that Japan has. It's going to be, it's really fun. Yeah, especially in the future. But yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. Is like I had to, as a rule, I had to show off just how important the technology was here. Yeah, and you know, like. The computer is going to be one thing. If you notice, Miko has something on her wrist. Like, mm-hmm. like a, a kind of gauntlet. That's going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Her clothing is much more than it appears. Mm-hmm. And I kind of show that in the concept art if you pay attention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot going on here. And I have to show why this is a very futuristic Tokyo. And mm-hmm. part of it is the laser swords. Mm-hmm. and But other parts are the technology that you're going to see come and unfold as the story arc goes on. It's really cool stuff. Well, it's kind of interesting. So we're going to find out more about the relationship between the two characters. Yes. Okay. Because I'm kind of interested because she calls him old man at one point, although he always refers to her by her name. Yeah. So that her interpretation of what their relationship is is obviously different than his. Very much so. Yeah, so that's going to be what you talked about. And I, I'm just fascinated to see the, the characters are really interesting and the, the artwork is really vibrant, yeah. really well put together. So I'm going to be fascinated to see when you get these other, you know, by the time when this airs, those other 10 pages come, other rest of the 10 pages come out, we'll be looking forward to seeing those because I'm really going to be fascinated to see how this works. Yeah. Good things to kind of come. So, uh, okay, so you're going to get this first issue and, you know, considering that you've got the campaign is complete. All right, you've reached your goal, and yeah, hopefully more stuff goal. will come. How, how do you plan to? You're talking about in February. Is that February going to be the second issue? Yeah, that's that's the goal. Like I said, we're we're already done with the first ten pages uh, mm-hmm. art wise, so we're going to get those color. We're already working on the back ten pages. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that by maybe middle of December, if not earlier, we're going to have all the art done, edited, fixed, everything. Then lettered, and then I'm going to do you know a final check and all that. Make sure because I have to, as you alluded to, there's a there's a reward of getting drawn to the comic. So I have mm-hmm. to make sure that 
my that LOM uh, draws everyone in there accurately. So you know, mm. I'm making sure that those are right. Actually, just talking to you, I noticed a small visual quirk that uh, we definitely going to need to fix, but it's mm. it's very small stuff. And you know, so I'm going to do that. Make sure all the letters are good. Make sure that any like the thank you page where you will be a part of uh, will be will be there. And anything else that I think that I need, and then we're going to send it to the ship. We're going to send it off to the printers, and then two weeks after that is when I get the books. So by the time the moment we're done with the art for number one, we're immediately starting on number two. We're not even. We're not going to take a pause. We're going to get right into it, so that hopefully by February, hopefully we get we're we're at a place to where we can launch the Kickstarter and get going for round two, as it were. Mm-hmm. Well, based on the success of this one already, I'm sure you're going to. Your fans are going to come to the, the forefront and be able to help with that. There's a couple of pledges, uh, so a couple of levels that kind of interest me. This is it. I always love the name Tokyo is in every one of the level names. Yeah. And the one for $75 is Tokyo offers you two shirts. Yeah. So what's the uh, – who made the two shirts? And I don't know if I, I see one. Yeah, we uh, – if you – did you watch the video? I didn't yet. Okay. Uh, shame on you. No. Uh, so the first shirt, which we do show on the on the page, it was done by my friend Corey Burton, who has been another big supporter of mine and has helped on many of my projects. Okay. Uh, he, he did the what I call, which is the Welcome to Tokyo shirt featuring Miko. Mm-hmm. And then the second shirt is a one for the company that I oh publish gotcha. everything under it, it's right. we show it in the video it's the it's the black magic wolf club shirt yeah you have black magic wolf productions yes and there's a logo on it on the page right. too okay so so we have a shirt representing the company called black magic wolf club and it's a reference to wrestling but okay. uh so you'll get the to- welcome to tokyo shirt and the black magic wolf club shirt if you push that which somebody already has which makes you very happy Oh, okay. Now, I've got to ask, of course, what's the Japanese symbols? Does that say Welcome to Tokyo on the left, or does yes. that say something else? No, that says Welcome to Tokyo in, okay. the, in, the, in, the, in the correct kanji. My uh, Corey is very good about being accurate about you know kanji and stuff, and so he oh, found out how to write Welcome to Tokyo in Japanese, and so he put that on the shirt as well as putting it in English. Mm-hmm. Now you did mention about the fact that uh, you can you can people can be included in the comic. How many people can do that? Uh, ten, and mm-hmm. I say that right now because nine have already pledged to that tier. Oh, so by the time this posts, it may the la- the last one may have gone already. Potentially. Okay, well that, that's I, see. I know that's such a popular thing. Someday I'm going to get money and be able to do that. But uh, hey, you, you know when the second one is going to be now, so save up some money and you right. can be one of the first people to pledge. Now another thing you've got in there that really interests me is Tokyo wants to help you make comics. Yes. So you're you're lending your expertise to people who want to make comics themselves. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, you're you've obviously made several comics already successfully. Yes. So talk about you know, being able to, are you, are you going to do it online? How are you going to do that stuff? Well, the the point here is that a lot of people just don't know where to start. And that was me, a lot, you know, seven years ago when I went to a C2E2 and I'm like, how do I make comics? And I got advice from a Marvel writer named Matt Fraction. Hmm. And he said, if you have a comic idea and you're a writer, go and find an artist to make comics. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, it took it took two years after that because of money and other issues, but I eventually got into it. But even then, I was still learning you know, on the fly, trying to make friends, trying to get into cons. And I got lucky so many times. It's crazy. So 
I my goal here is that if someone wants to pledge, which they have not as of yet, but if someone does, if they're an artist or if they're another writer who just wants a little help, I will help them make their comic. I'll write it for them if that's what they want me to do. I'll help guide them on, you know, whether how to find an artist. You know, I'll give them all the places that I've found artists for me. I'll mm-hmm. I'll even reference some of my friends if if they think that that'll help them. And I'll give them advice. If they're going to do a Kickstarter, I'll give them advice on that, which is also another tier. I help with a Kickstarter that they want to run. And I do everything in my power to try and help them because if they want to make comics, they should be allowed to make comics. And sometimes you just need a helping hand. I've had plenty in my career, and I'm still getting help from my friends, and I'm grateful. So I want to be that kind of person for them. So whether I'm their definitive writer and they're the artist or they want me to help get their team together i will do what i can so that they can make their comics and make their own stories and make their own tokyo maybe who knows wow and all this for just 75 dollars that seems like quite a bargain i'm kind <laughs> okay now of course this program this project of yours is already successful and you've got other things coming i'm sure are you going to come up with stretch goals we talked about you didn't really have any in mind i'll think about it honestly my my goal my true goal is to get to 100 backers because i want as many people as possible to pledge this we're at 61 right now mm-hmm. so and then the other goal is to just get the comic made get the next comic going because this is an ongoing series and unless we get picked up by a publisher which is another goal i would love to fulfill Mm -hmm. i want to make sure that every single person gets the comic likes the comic and then is eager for the next comic and i know that if i wait too long you know the iron won't be hot and i got got lucky with home but Mm -hmm. you know there were we kind of fell off at the end, you know, we all, we got funded the whole time and I'm grateful to that, but I don't want that to happen with Tokyo. So mm-hmm. my stretch goal is just get Tokyo Blade Detectives number two working as fast as possible so that we can be ready and we can, you know, crank it out, get ready for the next Kickstarter. All right. Wow. So uh, you mentioned these other books you've had. How do people access your, your comics? I mean, did they go to that uh, website for, let's see, Black Magic Wolf Productions? Uh, we have an Amazon page. Oh. Okay. And we sell all of our books except for Seekers of Science. It's on a separate thing mm-hmm. uh, there. However, if people really want to read all my stuff, a lot of the rewards we offer for Tokyo Blade Detectives contain digital copies of all my works. Hmm. So as I believe the uh, we ha- we have a fifteen dollar all digital tier, so where you could get all my books, including Tokyo Blade Detectives, digitally, mm-hmm. or if you get if you pledge twenty dollars and up, you'll get a physical copy and all the other comics that I have made digitally. And then we have oh. the all the comics tier, which is one hundred fifty dollars, where I will mail you trade paperback copies of every single comic I have made: Guardians Home, Ten Thousand Miles, and then. Uh, Tokyo Blade Detectives number one. So, wow. wow, so that's pretty good. Now, speaking of that, uh, I'm sure Tokyo Blade Detectives and the the, the Kickstarter is getting you busy. Are there other projects you're working about that we should know about? Uh, Seekers of Science is a science-based comic I'm working on with two real-life scientists, uh, Dr. Tracy Fanara and Tamara Robertson. We have a website, SeekersofScience.com. We are working to release the third issue very, very soon. Uh, probably won't be out by the time of this recording releasing but it'll be out by the end of november hmm. and i've got uh, an, an anthology or two in the works i'm working on some novels and you know, staying busy in that writer life 
Well, it's good. Well, that's that's how you get it done. As, as Matt Fraction says, you know, get going and do those kinds of things. You've taken his advice, his advice very well to heart. Yeah. So it's good to see, and it's really great to see all this wonderful stuff. And I'm dying to see what, what's going to happen with these characters. I'm going to have to go and look at. The, I might change my level to try to get the other books included because I'm only the one I'm doing is just the just the one. I think it's just give me a, a, a physical copy, so I might yes. shift around and do some others. And, and just well, just so you know, if you pledge any any person who pledges above the Tokyo honors your name. Tier, you're go- you're still gonna get your name in the thank you section. It's just okay. that's the that's the bottom tier. So if you want to pledge to 20, 25, or get that final fifty spot, uh, <laughs> you know you're you're gonna still gonna get you're still gonna get the thank you. So okay, well let me. I, I think I might go with the fifteen one. There's a okay. fifteen dollar one. It brings you tons of digital comics. I, I'm in this place right now where I, I I've got a lot of physical comics, and it's tough for me to store them all properly and stuff. And but my my computer allows me to to read them anytime I want. So yep. I might go with the digital books. That sounds good. Let me. In fact, while I'm talking to you, let me go to manage my pledge. <laughs> shift it up, and yeah. we'll go to that one. Let's change. Yeah. And while you're doing that, allow me to speak to the listeners. Uh, we have tons of other reward tiers to fit any kind of financial backing you're available to do right now. We, we talked about the 50, the 150, the 75, but we also have $3 pledges where you can get a digital copy of the comic. You, we have $5 tiers where you'll get looks at new art and other things that are coming up with Tokyo. $10 is to get you a physical copy. We've had plenty of people pledge to that. So pledge what is, pledge what you are able to do, especially now that we're funded. It's more important to me to get a bunch of backers and not like you know a ton of money. If we get a ton of money, great. But we've hit our goal. That's what it was matter. That was what mattered to me. I just want to make sure that this comic gets to many people's hands as possible. So pledge what you are able. Pledge even if it's one dollar. We have had people pledge a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hilarious, but it happens. Every and dollar so, counts. Every every dollar counts, and every backer just means that you know someone else wants to read my books, and that's that's really what matters to me. So. If you only pledge three dollars, you can only pledge five dollars. Do it. That's perfectly fine. Okay. Well, I've switched my pledge to get all those books digitally, so I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to the other stuff, Todd. I think you've got some great stuff going on, and you know, I, I wish you more success. But you've already got your goal. <laughs> Let's see how much you can get. If you can get up to twenty five hundred, that would be lovely. I would love that, stuff, but if be... not, I'll take the fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred or however much people give me. Again, I'm just grateful that we made it here and that i just i can't wait to see this comic fully done that's tokyo blade detectives number one and get there and you can you can still be part of this project until december the first a sunday at 6 p.m eastern time right so todd i want you much success as you go forward i just want to see this get bigger and bigger i'd like to see this be a real anime at some point you are not the first to say that and i'm hoping (laughs) you won't be the last It's pretty good, and I I still want you to get to go to Tokyo somehow. I I can't unfortunately, yeah. But uh, anybody out there that knows some way that uh, Todd could get there and and kind of see the city for himself, I think that would be a great great thing to do. So, well, Todd, you know, you're again, you're doing wonderful stuff and much success. Uh, you've got your goal, but uh, there's lots more to be done. So, uh, if you, people want to go out there, go right and and get the Tokyo Blade Detectives on Kickstarter. And support Todd and all his efforts and, and then the rest of his team. So keep it up, Todd. You're doing great stuff. Thank you, Wayne, and I appreciate you supporting this project. 
people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And that's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to be back next week when I'll have another interview with a great comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.